Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long in August, we are talking about art and artistry, and I'm calling it Artistic August, mostly because I thought, you know, following our Pack Your Bag series where let's get out there, I really also wanted to take some moments where we step back and really reflect on the way that art impacts our life. And I don't just mean pictures on a wall or sculptures. Uh, It can mean anything in terms of how art works through our lives to help bring us joy. And my guest today, we already had a pretty incredible conversation even before hitting uh, go. So we're going to have a really unique perspective on this, which is going to make you think about, you know, your own profession, your own business, your own life, and the choices that we make to pursue our passions. So we'll dive a little into this. So Melody Joy Payne is a photographer and a filmmaker, and her company is called Imperfect Joy, which I love that name. We all have such imperfections, but we can be joyous and embrace them. And she helps families. Now, this is a little bit about where her business was. She helps families craft visual memories that pull into focus the beauty of the little tiny details that they want to remember most. And I think that we all know, especially after the last year, that those things are really critically important. And we might have always thought they were important, but might not have always been living in that vein. She's currently studying under an Emmy award-winning filmmaker to build a new branch of her business called Kama Muda Films. And I'm sure I probably screwed that up. So we'll get into that. And she works alongside her husband, David, to tell stories of how businesses have made an impact or shocked their potential on individuals and communities by keeping their heart at the center of what they do. And I know we are in for a fabulous conversation. Melanie, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Did I pronounce that right? Is it? Yeah. Yeah, So... (laughs) We'll get into Kamamuda in a little while, but we'll yeah. kind of start with where where I started first. So, yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Imperfect Joy and talk about this concept, which, as you were talking about when we began, was just I think so beautiful and something that you know, if people really think about it and hear about it, would say that makes a lot of sense. But it's also something that was kind of a new concept, and so you know, tell us a little more about it. Yeah. So first I want to kind of jump back to like how you're talking about art and being kind of a core thing that is important to us in our lives and and not just in the business for me. I've always embraced art. I started as a musician when I was in junior high, elementary school, high school. Um, So I, art was expressed through music at that time, but I always found ways to express my creative nature and sometimes that was through sewing or like i've always loved hands-on things um like making something having a project to work on and seeing it grow and build and change and become something new and seeing the outcome of all that work like i'm a worker bee i love working um so i loved being able to see the transformation of something and how it how it took form um so i think that that 
kind of was what led me into that being part of my my journey in entrepreneurship was it had to be something that expressed my creative side even though my background is actually i have a bachelor's degree in biology i wanted to be a neurologist specializing in ms because my mom has ms and that's kind of a whole another piece of me but um the main reason that i got into photography was because my mother-in-law and my brother um, passed away shortly after my husband and i got married and when we started our family we had to decide like life changed completely and so everything was already on hold like going to med school was just something that i at that time didn't feel like i could actually like feasibly do so i decided to spend time home with my kids because after that experience there was nothing more important than family to us so i it was my husband was joking he's like you you're gonna be a stay-at-home mom like you never (laughs) stop that's not in your nature and i was like i'm sure i'll find something to do and so that something was photography because i love doing it for my kids and you know it kind of evolved into like i'm saying about this artistic piece creating growing changing into something new it started as just doing it for my kids doing it for my family maybe doing it on the side because i might make some extra money to actually falling in love with entrepreneurship and all of the pieces of running a business mm-hmm. and excuse me i started in portrait photography and creating perfect lighting and posing and trying to make everything look exactly like it could complement everybody's figures and features. And then I was feeling stuck because Mm. my perfectionism kept getting in my way, (laughs) right? Like I didn't, I, I couldn't get into my creative space because I constantly had to try to make everything bigger and better and more Pinterest worthy. Right. And when I, the changing moment for me, I did a lot of bereavement work because it was, that was where my heart was, was helping people to heal because it was also a place that I was able to heal. And I had one family who called me up because their two-year-old, his heart was failing. He had to be taken off of life support and they wanted to capture the entire journey from beginning to end. So for six hours, I sat with this family at their son's bedside and I had to capture every moment because it was important for her to be able to like, remember her son in that journey. And I, you know, I had to keep my camera up to my face because it was the only way that I could process what was happening in front of me. I can't even imagine Melody. It was, it was incredibly hard. Like it was definitely the hardest bereavement session I have had ever done because also at the time I was too. So yeah. I very easily could just put myself in their shoes. And I got to the end of the session, came home. I was like, love, I'm going to kiss our son. And then I'm getting on the computer and I just need some space to do this right now. Yeah. So I, I edited it and it was the first time that like I put together this gallery and I saw the importance of the details of their hands holding each other of the stuffed toy that their son held that was a Spider-Man toy because he loved Spider-Man like the little owl toy and the handprints and footprints and all of like all of the support and it was the first time that I saw like an actual story that unfolded from beginning to end and not only did it 
like it helped me to process the experience. And this wasn't my story. Mm-hmm. And so I, I sent it off and I felt like in some ways I had kind of, I had like wrapped it up. Like I had encapsulated this moment so the family could kind of like not only go back there if they wanted to, but I wanted them to go back in a way that was not as painful. Like that could focus on even the beauty yeah. and the hardness. Yeah. The, the most difficult pieces of their life, there was still beauty there, which sounds weird. And I, I realized I didn't want to do that in the moments that suck anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to be stuck in the bereavement work. I wanted to do that in times of joy. Yeah. So I wanted to tell stories. I wanted to let go of perfection. I wanted to help people capture the everyday ordinary moments that mean the most when they're gone. Mm -hmm. And so that's why Imperfect Joy was, I named my business that more as a reminder to myself about what I'm doing than it was, but it was also kind of this call of like, please embrace trying to capture these moments of joy in the imperfections because that's all we have. Life is yeah. not perfect. So we have to yeah. capture it that way. It's messy. Well, yeah. I I recognize that the gosh, as you're talking, I mean just so many things are going through my head. I recognize that that would be if you stayed in bereavement, that would be horribly hard. It would be yeah. incredibly hard. But what a gift you gave that family. I mean, that is incredibly powerful to have those moments documented so that, you know, so that when you want to look back and say, you know, I just, I just want to, you know, see him for the last time, you know, that you can, and most people don't have those opportunities. What a beautiful gift to them. I also understand that that would take an incredibly hard toll. When I was in college, I was laughing about you saying, you know, I'm going to be a doctor or, you know, I'm going to do all these things. I wanted to be a physiological psychologist and I wanted to work with children with terminal illnesses. And now what I know about myself now is that um, I can get way too involved in other people's lives and start carrying on all their burdens. And I'm so glad that somewhere along the way, a mentor said, I really don't think that's the best path for you. Not because you wouldn't be great at it, but you would lose yourself in it. And if you lose yourself, then you can't be that great for other people. And it was really telling because I can see that with you. That would be it would take so much out of you. But on the flip side, what it taught you was those moments where, you know, the kid comes in and, you know, tracks the mud across the kitchen, you know, and your first opportunity is like, I just mopped the kitchen floor and yet it's adorable, you know, <laughs> little muddy footprints, you know, or I think about my son when, you know, the first time, first time he lied to me that I knew about when he had, you know, Oreo cookies all through his teeth. And I stupidly said, did you eat the cookies? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> And I'm like, honey, you're not even, you're not even uh, devious enough to hide the Oreo package. You put it in the garbage can at the top and you're covered with cookies. Those moments are the ones that now we look back on and wouldn't it, that would be amazing to have that kind of um, opportunity to have them categorized in film, not just from somebody walking around with a, you know, with a, a camera because it's at a birthday party, but really looking at what those things mean. Yeah. And I think one of the challenges that I came across in this business was that that people have so much accessibility to be able to capture these moments 
on their own. Mm -hmm. However, for one, a lot of people don't see the joy in the moments that are in front of them until they're gone. Right. And so like you're saying about the, the Oreo cookies or that's not <laughs> something that you think in the moment, like, oh, I should take my camera out for this. Right. But I've because especially because I've experienced loss myself and because I've been in front of so many families, I haven't like part of my art isn't just the camera tool and putting things together on the computer. It's the perspective mm -hmm. of coming into an environment and being able to notice all of those details that people will make that maybe they don't even pick up on because they're so mundane and so ordinary yeah. that they just kind of blend into life as it is. Mm -hmm. And those are the pieces that I, that I put together. Yeah. So the day in the life of those, you know, the, the ordinary, the joy in the ordinary with it. Now I know you shared when, uh, before we started taping that you're kind of at a crossroads too, you know, it's like, okay, this is great. This is where my joy and my passion is, but maybe, um, the market isn't ready for this, or maybe a pandemic really, you know, put a kibosh on it because we couldn't get together and have those family moments for more than a year. Um, so talk a little bit about where you are. And, and this is completely off the script from, you know, what I'm, you know, talking about with people this month, but I think it's so important because such a big portion of my um, following are um, entrepreneurs. Many are, you know, very advanced in their careers, but they've all had disappointments. You know, the missed promotion, you know, the opportunity, business opportunity that fell through their fingers. I talk frequently about the fact that at the beginning of the pandemic, I was about, I was already one quarter into my best year ever speaking and training all over the globe. Everything I'd been working for for four years disappeared overnight and having to reinvent yourself and make new decisions is really tough because you have to mourn that just like, you know, it's a loss in your life. Um, but sometimes survival is more important. So talk a little bit about where you are, because I think there's a lot of people who listen to my podcast who are going to absolutely resonate with your story. Yeah. I think it's important to jump back to the beginning, like just before quarantine started, because I had been working part-time as a mom, like every time my kids were asleep, nap time, bedtime, that's when I worked in betweens. And it was, you know, it, it started as just kind of like an on the side thing, but it became something that was really important to me. And it was very difficult to balance motherhood and entrepreneurship. And so, but I felt like I had all of this, all of this information that I had accumulated, all of these skills. I did a lot of coaching so that I'd be prepared. And so my husband and I were like, okay, we're ready. Like, let's do this. So in January, right before everything happened, my husband left his like, job. This is so great he, timing. Right? 2020 is going to be awesome. <laughs> my husband left his job to watch the kids because I couldn't realistically do both. And we were like, okay, March, we're going to be able to start doing all of our marketing to fill up our calendars for May because yeah. families are kind of seasonal. A lot of people do it in the summer months. Yep. And, and we'll be golden. But then of course, March came and just everything was obliterated. All of my plans were changed. Yeah. And I constantly, like, I honestly, all I can keep saying right now is I just feel so tired from yeah. changing all so many times. Like I tried to do a virtual film because people were like, I want to do this, but how can we do it virtually? And I'm like, mm. well, you can't. And mm. so I tried and it didn't go well. I it, it was okay, but it was not, it was not feeding me and it was not what I expected to deliver to a client. Yeah. 
And then I tried um, like, okay, maybe I can do things just outside, but people's homes hold so much of their stories. Their environment tells something about who they are. Like I look at your background right now and I can start to determine some of the things that are important to you by the things that are in your environment, right? And so if I don't have those details to pull into the story, I'm missing a huge part of who that family is. Yeah. And then of course the winter months came and it was like even outdoors wasn't an option. And and I think there was also, like I had mentioned earlier, there's sort of this battle of, I wasn't really in a warm market. A lot of people yeah. haven't seen family films. They don't really know what they are and what goes into them. Filmmaking is a very involved process mm-hmm. that is much more than just coming in taking a few pictures, editing them on a computer. There's a lot of planning. You have to kind of know what the story is ahead of time and do story finding with families to find out what their core values are and how can you express that in an in a artistic and maybe abstract kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, there's all the like piecing it together, especially because I'm I'm not doing filmmaking where I can control everything. I have to work with whatever lights there, whatever moods the kid or the kids are in, all right. of these components that are variable um, that I just kind of have to roll with. And with filmmaking not being something new, I felt like I was just like trying to scratch the surface of something that wasn't quite ready. Um, and so I, I turned to the reason when you said I'm working with an Emmy award-winning filmmaker, there is a market for this. People are already doing it. There's already businesses who know if I have really powerful video, yeah. then I can actually make more money than what I put into it. Whereas families are investing into a future. They're investing into something that builds value over time because as time goes on and you look back at that, you remember how important it was that you spent that money. But right now it can be really hard. Yeah, I agree. So well, we're, we're transitioning to businesses for those various reasons. We're going to take a quick break and hear from mm-hmm. our sponsor, and we will be right back. Are you tired of the time and expense of going to the salon for a mani-pedi? If so, Color Street is your answer. Base, color, and top coats are blended together in an incredible polished strip that you apply yourself. The result? A brilliant salon-quality manicure in just minutes with no dry time, smudges, or streaks. These strips are 100% real nail polish, not stickers. They're flexible, can be gently stretched for a perfect fit, and last up to 10 days. I've been using them for months now and love the amazing selection of colors and styles, along with the ability to create my own unique manicure by mixing and matching. Shop today and support our sponsor, Betsy Roberts, by ordering at colorstreet.com backslash bhroberts backslash party backslash 209-56-11. Again, that's colorstreet.com backslash bhroberts backslash party backslash 209-56-11. Or simply click the link in our show notes. You know, I would suggest, and I know by the time this airs, it's going to be a little past, but I do a morning motivation every Monday uh, video on our YouTube channel. And today I talked about letting go of things that no longer feed you, even though they're painful because you want them to still feed you, you know, like things that were really important to you. It's so funny. We have this conversation, 
But as I'm listening to you, I was thinking about an example. So let me, because you're right, businesses will invest in it. But I'll tell you what, there is a way to, I think, maybe merge a little bit of your joy in both. And and I'm just going to, I'm going to throw some ideas at you. First of all, is that many times business owners think about, you know, that video as yes, it'll give us a different, you know, you know, story to tell. It's great. It's good, you know, PR. Yes, it's going to turn into more business for us. But often as business owners, we forget about how we really impact our customers. And so I own two businesses and one of them is called Kukwa Biz. Um, it's where we match remote workers right now from Kenya with businesses actually all over the world. And this happens because I have eight people that work for me. They're all in Kenya and people kept asking me for, you know, how do I find somebody? So this business that grew out of nothing that I wasn't really expecting. And every once in a while, I forget that we, you know, that we were actually changing lives. And one day my head of staffing said to me, we had somebody, something that didn't work out. We had something that, that somebody was questioning, you know, well, I've heard about these things in other businesses. And, you know, I, you know, most of them take advantage of the people. And I'm like, well, we've been, we've worked really hard to create a great pay structure that there's raises that we've got a community, you know, we're improving, we're adding training. And so afterward, I felt so deflated and my head of staffing sent me um, a bunch of stories about people in Kenya. And she says, you have no idea what working with us means to people. You have no idea that this is life changing. And don't forget in the moment that people doubt you and question that you and us, we are changing lives. And ever since she said that, it became just so much more visceral to me. Like, okay, this is not just a business or, you know, it feels good. We really are, but not just, you know, today because somebody has a paycheck, but that actually motivated me to say, then I'm going to double down on how we're going to train people. Because if they work for our company for a while, and they build their resume and they build their database and they can go get a job virtually at Microsoft, then we're changing a country, you know? And and it really inspired me. And I think there's a lot of business owners that when you think about really telling their story, and especially because you align it with what that customer output is, that outcome is, you will fundamentally change people inside their lives too, which not only means they might say, hey, now, don't you do something about journaling family things, which would be great, but don't don't lose sight of the fact that you still can touch people in a way that they probably don't even expect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And what the kind of story that you're talking about, there's different types of stories that can be told for businesses. Mm -hmm. And one of those, like you're talking about, is the impact story. Mm -hmm. And what we really want to find is businesses who intentionally have an impact on individuals and or their communities mm -hmm. and being able to show that impact not only i what i hear from you is it's not only good for the people who can also join in on this business to be impacted themselves but for you like as a business yes. owner you need that return to feed yourself to be like yeah. you know this is why i'm doing it and and yeah. that's important for us so we're, I think there is a blending of what I had done in a new market. Um, so we're calling this Kamamuda Films. And mm -hmm. it was interesting that you didn't know how to pronounce it because I feel like a lot of people haven't heard of it. Um, Kamamuda actually quite recently was a new 
term that was defined by psychologists for kind of an overarching emotion. And it is found in a lot of different places, some that you wouldn't think are the same, but essentially it's translated, it's Sanskrit for by love. And it's also described as a sudden feeling of oneness or belonging. And it is often described as like the hair that stands on end on your arms when you get the goosebumps because something just moves you and touches you Mm -hmm. Um, or you put your hand on your heart. Um, And the, the oneness is like, so they even say cuteness when somebody sees like a cute little puppy and they go, mm-hmm. oh, like that's Kamamuda because everybody feels the cuteness of this creature, right? Mm-hmm. But then you can also have something that, um, like I just did a birth film of a mom who held her baby for the first time Earthside and all mothers know what that feeling is like, right? And mm-hmm. so there's this oneness of like, we can almost feel what she's feeling and like, that is Kamamuda too. And so Kamamuda really like struck us as being something that's not only beneficial for businesses to, um, you know, capture an audience that really understands them and can feel what they're trying to say in a, in a very deep way, but also like it really speaks to what I've already been doing with families. And that like when you see a film of another family, it might not touch you the same as that family because they know all the details of their life and there's all these little Easter eggs that that they would understand that you wouldn't. But you can also relate to that because some of your experiences in life are so similar to it. And so I think there's very much, it's been a transformation. Like when I talked in the very beginning about that for me, art is this transformation and this journey and seeing it come out. And I think where I've been feeling frustrated as I know that I'm in the process of transformation, but I haven't seen it come to life yet. Mm-hmm. And being in between sometimes is a really hard place to be. Oh, you're absolutely right. And I think that's such a perfect way to put it. Being in between, that sense of being in between is really, it is that unknown. And you you believe there's a step over there, but you can't see it. And you know that the step you're on is there, but it's going to disappear. You know, so you're in that in that moment, like I have to walk over there. I do trust it's there, but boy, it's still that. I mean, it's just that that gap. And I think that in the last year and a half, we have so many people who have that same shared experience of that sense of, I'm not sure where. I'm not sure if that next step is there. I know things are are changing behind me. I know I've got to move from this step. And I, I just want to know I'm not alone. And so as you share your story, that's why I say I, I know so many of my followers um, because I hear from them, you know, or the things that resonate with them are the real, the real stuff, not here's your perfect business and your 10 steps to how to be a great whatever. It's about the realness, the reality of having to make difficult choices, having to uh, let go of some dreams, at least for a while, having to, you know, um, take the, those uncertain steps towards the next dream is that they can be really, really uncertain. And I think feeling and remembering you're not alone makes a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, this has been different too, because with my husband having left his job, like both of us now are on this journey and Mm -hmm. we've, we recognize that he has a lot of skills that I struggle with. 
and vice versa. There's things that I'm like, he, he wouldn't know what to do with a camera and filmmaking. And so we can really kind of utilize what we're, what our strengths are and combine them together. And so this journey, at least like, I at least have that reminder every day that like, literally I'm not alone in doing this because we are doing it together, but that this journey is like, this struggle has been so shared. It brings me back to, um, in the pandemic, I was part of a networking group and it was a lot of coaches who actually, business coaches who actually did better in the pandemic because mm -hmm. everything went virtual and people were trying to figure out how to shift. And so they wanted someone to guide them. And a lot of the messages that I got from them was that, oh, well, everybody's still willing to spend money. It's still out there. Things are growing. Like you should be able to shift things and it should be fine because that's what they were seeing. Right. But their perspective was not the same as the industry that I was in that was hit incredibly hard. Yeah. And there wasn't in that group this recognition of, yeah, this is a hard time. Like, let's just get through it together. Um, so it for a while felt very alone because there wasn't anybody saying, yeah, me too. Like I've, mm -hmm. I've had a really hard time every day is just survival. And now that we're starting to get back to people again, mm -hmm. it still is going to take some time to figure out how to not get in that sense of like, just putting my head down and doing the work. And like just yep. doing, doing, doing and keeping myself busy, but not actually doing the things that are most important, which for me is connecting with more people. Right. And so we're right now trying to, for our grand opening, our plan is to create a community event in our mm -hmm. small town of Brimfield, Mass. And we would love to have it be fireworks, but we don't know if that's going to happen because of the cost. Um, but we want to have a place where we can show our first business film to our community with a story that's from a local business oh, and we wonderful. want people to have a reason to gather and be together and celebrate that like here we are again in a place where we can get to know that our neighbors truly are people and we're not just closed off in this box alone confused trying to work not getting anywhere like if we can make progress in the relationships again then I yeah. think that there's going to be a lot more progress happening in our business. And that was the biggest element that was missing. I agree too. And I think uh, it's funny because I took a kind of a gap time from a um, in-person uh, networking group that I belong to. And uh, just because, you know, I couldn't even make the virtual events. And now that, you know, I, I joined back up, I'm like, I, it's time for me to get there, see people. And not that I'm afraid to see people. I just haven't had the time, but I'm going next week. I'm really excited because I think my gut tells me that in-person networking is going to be more powerful than ever because now we're not trying to BS each other. We're trying to have genuine conversations because they all start out with, how are you holding up? How'd you survive your business? You know, and people I think are much more willing to show their own vulnerability now. And they're also looking forward to making those connections even deeper. So I think that's a great idea to have a community event because you're showcasing one of the businesses. You have great opportunity for, you know, kind of some cross promotion there, but you're getting people together and you're proving what you're doing. Yeah. My goodness, Melody, I think I can talk to you all day because I think your story is fascinating. And I, I really appreciate you sharing this today because I can guarantee you people are listening saying, yeah, 
Yep. I know that. I got that. But just in case also they may want your services, whether it's for, you know, imperfect joy or for uh, Kama Muda. Uh, yep. I'm going to say that all day till I have it memorized. <laughs> Um, then I know we're gonna have all your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up and find you right now, what's the best way for them to find you? So imperfectjoy.com has everything. <laughs> By the time you air this, Kamamuda Films should be ready. So we also have kamamudafilms.com. Um, mm-hmm. And either one of those, the, the family stuff is through Imperfect Joy and the business stuff is through Kamamuda Films. I'm not sure yet if we're going to merge things. You know, like we said, we're on this journey and this transformation. I'll keep in touch with you to let you know how, how that all evolves. I love it. Well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I think because this is about art right now, I I just want to mention how important it is for us as artists to spend time doing our art in a way that doesn't actually create profit. Because sometimes I'm so bent on trying to do everything that relates to the business that I forget to do it for my own family. Um, And honestly, when I was in COVID, when when we were in the, the quarantine period, most of my time was spent capturing my family. And I loved it. And I haven't done much of it since because I've been back to that grind. Um, So this is really a reminder just for myself as well that when we spend time doing things that we love just simply because we love them, it fuels us for the things that we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Melody, thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing your passion. I really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure having you as a guest today. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.